build compelling real-time apps quickly and scale them globally with the PubNub real-time network. Only PubNub delivers the core building blocks needed for any real-time application. Find out for yourself by signing up for free today. Visit PubNub.com. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing, the most trusted podcast dedicated to the new business of location. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. We are at episode number 151. Today is October 11th, 2013. That is when we were recording it. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in balmy, Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me, as usual, Mr. Asif Khan. Asif, Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association. Uh, yeah. And How it's, is Toronto? It's, it's, it's nice. It's 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 warm. It's sunny. Uh, traffic sucks, uh, but it's good. It's a long weekend here. It's the Thanksgiving Canadian Thanksgiving weekend. So happy Thanksgiving yes. to all of my fellow Canadians. Uh, I unfortunately will not be celebrating Thanksgiving because I will be in Dallas on wow. Sunday and Monday with Americans um, who don't understand yes. that this is Canadian Thanksgiving. That's okay though. I'm I get to go to the Cowboys Redskins game. That I mean, is awesome. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see if you let it, you lead a charm life. Every once in a while, you get to travel to someplace and do something fun like that, right? Yeah, every once in a while. Every yeah. once in a while, and uh, you know, have you guys already planned? Uh, has Toronto planned the uh, the Stanley Cup uh, winning parade, final parade there? Well, the route's been planned for a long time. It's just whether we can actually execute on that. It's so. just like it's always <laughs> it's always planned. It from day one, yep. it has been planned. I, it's been planned, and the, the team's playing well. What can I say? I love that. I love that approach. It's always been planned, man. It's always been planned. Yeah. It's like the Yankees. They always plan it at like the hey, first man. day of the season. Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Eh? You know, you know, I'm bummed about the, the old Pittsburgh Pirates. I was hoping that I would see the Pittsburgh Pirates play uh, continuously, but I can't argue with the, with the quality of baseball that's about to happen. Man, oh, man. Yeah, anyway. yeah. Uh, we got a jammed show. Uh, Asif, you spent some time in uh, beautiful, awesome, high-energy San Francisco this past week for an LBMA event. Why don't you give us a little bit of a wrap-up of what happened? Yeah, so actually, even before the LBMA event, I went out there for the PLACE conference, oh, which yes. is the world's first gathering of the everybody in the indoor location space. So we had, you know, Al 411 and Point Inside and Estimote and, you know, basically everybody who's who's in that industry. Net Clearance, who we're going to talk about, was there. I mean, uh, the... Our friends over at Stick and Find that we talked about on the show a little while ago, they gave me some Stick and Find, so thank you guys for that. Uh, stick you know, and find. It, they were all there. So it was great. Uh, it was great to see the industry gather. You know, Greg Sterling, Opus Research, that whole crew uh, put put that together. So that was awesome, and to kind of hear everybody's approach. And there's definitely uh, varying opinions on the future of indoor location. Everybody understands it's big, it's hot, it's you know going to be a huge market, but. Is it Wi-Fi? Is it BLE? Is it ultrasound? Is it magnetic fields? Who's going to own it? All of is the it, above. None yeah, of the above. It's all the above. Who's going to own it? Is the is the retailer going to ultimately own it and tell the CPGs what to do? Are the CPGs going to use this technology to you know jump over the retailer and go direct to the consumer and store? Yes. All of that you know was discussed and it was interesting and it was a great event. So did they have, did they come to a conclusion in any of that? Because you no, know, I, of course not. No. So, uh, but anyways, it was it was it was definitely a worthwhile event. And then we had our own uh, event, uh, LBMA San Francisco chapter event, um, which was equally uh, awesome. good. We we had re uh, Jeremy Geiger from Retelligence uh, gave a, a nice keynote there. We're going to talk about them today. Uh, we had Mara Lewis from Stop At, who we haven't talked about those guys for like two years on the show. But you know, like th they pioneered you know check-ins on the web, right? Like you know, oh, Foursquare right. for the that's web. That's right. Uh, so it's interesting to see what they're doing now. Uh, so that that was really cool. Uh, we had um, one of the guys from Indoors, the Austrian company, who was in town, also on, on that panel. So it was a very wide discussion. We had we had a, one of the guys from Groupon in the crowd, so we pulled him into the mix. We had Anne Bez, uh, Bezicon from uh, uh, Placecast was in the crowd, so we pulled her into the discussion. It was really fun. Um, you know, Esri was there. It was it was cool. So good event. Yeah, good discussion. Uh, lots of stuff to, to talk about. So, good yeah. energy there. Right? There's a little bit of energy in San Francisco. 
There is, there is. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, lo lots of, I mean, always lots of energy, right? Yes. And then my last thing, just to wrap up before we jump into the, the stuff today is, uh, I met Russ Hammond at the PlaceCast show. Russ works for Mood Media, a company we've talked about a few times uh, on this show, and he's a big fan of the show. So shout out to you, Russ. Um, you know, great, great to meet you. Thanks for telling us that you watched the show. And and so much so that I was so impressed. Like he like he literally has somebody that transcribes every episode of the show into written form so that he can read it every week. He pulled like he pulled me over like on his laptop and he shows me this full file folder with every episode transcribed. So Russ, we love you. Thank you for that, man. Looking forward to working with you. And uh, yeah, keep it up. Russ Hammond, man, I love that. We should have them transcribed. We should have every episode transcribed. Yeah. We just got to find a sponsor for that. Somebody sponsors yeah. us, we'll get them all transcribed. Yeah, How's well, that? I mean, Russ is already doing it. So, Russ, if you want to come on and just provide the transcriptions, we'll give you some credit. How's that? Yeah, we will. We'll, we'll throw yeah. you some up. We'll give you the episodes for free. Oh, yeah. wait. Well, we already we, do we that. Already yeah, do? No. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Russ, for watching this. Thank you guys all for watching this or listening to this, wherever you are. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, I have just one thing to talk about very quickly. It's the Open Mobile Summit. It is an event that is happening in San Francisco on the 12th to 14th of November this year. And uh, you can get more information about that at openmobilemedia.com. I'm going to be going down there. Untether is a media sponsor. Um, I love these kind of events, the smaller events. But really, really, really amazing speakers. Uh, check them out at openmobilemedia.com, the 12th to the 14th of November. And I'll be there. I get to go to San Francisco again. It doesn't take much to get me awesome. to go. Oh, 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 okay, I'll go. I'll go. All right. Um, we have uh, obviously our six, six amazing stories. Our special guest of the week is a guy by the name of Dave Resch, who's the director of marketing for the Atlantic City Convention and Visitors Authority, also known as the AA. ACCVA, ACCVA, that's what they're called. Uh, you may recall uh, I uh, we had a clip from a, um, an upcoming episode uh, from a uh, guy by the name of Cree, and uh, his company's name is Arrivalist, and this is the this is the group that he helped uh, when it was uh, you know to bring visitors into Atlantic City, and then once they're in there, to measure how they got there and the effectiveness of their marketing campaign. So we're going to talk. Uh, I had a really great conversation with Dave to talk about how he's using location very specifically inside of Atlantic City to drive visitors to Atlantic City into restaurants and attractions. So very cool. Um, we've got our special app of the week, which is Tempo Run, and of course our resource of the week um, to finish it all off. But before we have that, we have our Mobile Minute with Chuck Martin. And you know what? I can't even believe that we're thinking about this, but it is today, October 11th. We're just about into done Thanksgiving in Canada. We're just about to get into Thanksgiving in the U.S., we got to start talking about Christmas, don't we, Asif? Yeah, we do. Unfortunately, we do. So, so why why not? Why wait? Let's do it now. Well, it's uh, and here it is. Here's the uh, we're looking at mobile's impact on uh, on this Christmas and uh, on the retail industry. So here's Chuck Martin talking about that. It is time for another Mobile Minute. I cannot believe we're thinking about this right now, but Christmas is coming, holiday shopping is coming. What is Mobile's impact this year? Uh, it's going to be big again. It may actually top a record, which which is really kind of interesting because uh, it, it keeps topping them every every year. Uh, if we were at a recent conference at the OMA Mobile Conference in New York, and Josh Chasen, who's the chief research officer of Comscore, which is an extremely well known research firm, uh, he basically was talking about how much time people are spending. Eighty five percent of time is spent on apps. 15% uh, on browsers. So people are doing, they've got the sophistication, capability, the power in their hands if, if they want to use it. And uh, almost $5 billion was spent on mobile commerce in the second quarter. That's up 23% from the same time last year. And he's looking at holiday shopping this year, uh, topping $10 billion in spending. So that's off the charts. What about the difference between the tablet user and the smartphone user? There's got to be some, now there's got to be some numbers that show the difference between those two. Well, well, desktop is still where it's at in terms of purchase, and then and then tablets after that, and smartphones after that. The issue is really, and I we've talked about this in the show quite a lot. It's what's the, what's influencing the purchase, not just where's the transaction. So. If you look at only where the transaction is, you could really be missing the boat in terms of what's causing the decision to buy. Chuck Martin, everybody, Mobile Minute. You can find them all at untether.tv. You can subscribe there or just check them out uh, and they go up pretty much every single day. Thank you, Chuck, for letting us use that. Thank you, Chuck, for doing that with me. I really appreciate it. All right. 
Sif, tempo run, buddy. Look at you on your daily morning 6 a.m. run through the cold weather. Now that's what I call dedication. You are listening to your music and trying to find that perfect song for your run. The first song in your playlist is by far the slowest song that could possibly come on. The tempo is just too slow, so you skip to the next song. This one's even worse. The pace of the track is way too fast and you cannot keep up. How annoying, right? Your music has once again thrown off your running stride. Thankfully, we have the solution. Say hello to Tempo Run. Our revolutionary new app will take all the music on your phone and categorize each song into specific levels based on tempo. So while listening to a certain level, every song will be the same perfect tempo that you enjoy running to. And hey, if you don't have your own music, we have you covered with our streaming tempo radio. Tempo Run is going to sync your run and your music. And that, my friend, is going to make you a happier, stronger runner. The perfect run is only a download away. Yeah. So a little while ago, this has been out for, for a while. It's not, not a new app, but something I, I recently discovered and just thought was really cool um, called Tempo Run. And, uh, and Tempo Run is... Interesting. It, it's basically, you know, if, if you're out for, for your morning run or your whatever run and, uh, and you're listening to music, you can basically take your music and, and assign them tempos. And basically, it will play music that matches the speed that you're running. Uh, pretty simple concept, but kind of cool, right? Like, it makes, it makes running a little bit more fun for those of us who hate running, like me. Um, Does and- it do it for you? Because well, that's, that's the only way that I'll be out there running. You, you know, I think running is, is about pace, right, I think for a lot of people. And, and if you can, you know, say, hey, you want to increase your pace and you can find the right music to match that, then I, I think that's a, an interesting concept. So uh, pretty see, cool stuff. I see if running is about puking to me. That's, that's well, what it yeah. is. Yeah. It's like it's dry heaves and, and keeling over with cramps. Yeah. That's, what, that's what running is to me. Is well, there a yeah. tempo song that actually allows me to do that? It's definitely not Springsteen, right? It's like Sinead O'Connor, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's my pace right there. Uh, yeah. Like, oh, or wait. the Spice Girls. Let's go with the Spice, Spice Girls. Spice Girls, yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I run at the pace of Sinead O'Connor, right? Which is slower right. than my walk. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So Tempo Run, uh, you can find this. I think this is an iPhone-only application. Um, but I, this is this is a neat idea, I suppose, if, if I ran. It's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. I wonder if they have the, like the running to the bus stop, right? Which is like basically like a blister in the sun, right? Yes. Yeah. Like Or short songs like that. Anyways, Tempo Run, I, this, is, this is a good idea for those that are actively inclined or running inclined. Which I'm not. Which I'm not either. So, but yes. Anyhow, uh, have you ever seen? Uh, did you ever watch Friends when you were, uh, you know, back in the day? Of course, everybody. I did. Yeah, I did. Remember that there was this one where Phoebe, the character Phoebe Buffay, went, ran in Central Park in the way that she ran. Uh, do you remember this one? No, I don't. Okay, well, I, I'm going to roll a clip right now, just very quickly as we're talking about this, and this is how I run, okay? So if, if you're watching the video right now, the episode, you will actually see Phoebe Buffay running, and it's actually hysterical, and that's that's me running. So I don't think Temple Run can make, make it any better for me. All right, we've got our first three stories. We're going to start with this one, which is uh, something an app called uh, Spy Me Sat. Um, yes. And apparently this is the first app that actually notifi- notifies you. I mean, you, you have to give up your location. You, tell them where you are. But it, it's actually the first app that actually notifies you when you are within range of an imaging satellite that, you know, a satellite that can actually take your picture or could be taking your picture. So it's it's basically it, it monitors all the satellites in space that actually have the ability to take a photo and it warns you or notifies you 
when one is passing over your location. So I don't know what you can do, like run and hide under a concrete bridge or something like well, that. Well, that's so, when you—that's when you pull your. Uh, I don't know what you do. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you pull out your uh, yeah your aluminum hat, foil hat and you and you run right. <laughs> so this also means it, it. You can identify where your location is, or you can pick a location and say, "This is. I want to know when this picture. You know, a picture taking satellite or an imaging satellite can go over this this location." So, you know, I it's real time positioning of satellites, which is pretty cool. It's if you're paranoid and you don't want your photo taken by satellites from space, which I think is freaking cool. And anybody out there who has pictures of me from space, please let me know. I'd like to see them. Um, but this is this is one of the this is one of the odd uses of the combination of your location, available data, and uh, and mobile. Yeah, it, it's it's awesome actually. And, and uh, it, it, this is from a company called Orbit Logic. I actually met these guys when I was doing that panel with NASA and the military guys oh, uh, on Capitol nice. Hill. And it's weird because this is not a consumer-facing company, Orbit Logic. Like they build military applications. That's their prime business. Uh, so to actually do something like this, you know, that basically is is not core to their business, and and, and provide a, a you know a feature set like this for consumers is pretty cool. I think. Well, yeah, and I mean, this is this is so far beyond what they seem to be able to do, but uh, or what they what they do for business. But this is obviously just a, um, a you know a cool tool. Mm. But the, you know, you can, you can do so much with it. Um, what do they say here? The user can drill down to look at the details of any pass, any satellite that's passed by. Say dynamic map graphic update and real time positioning and imaging resolution information displayed on the satellite as it flies overhead. And you can see a picture and description of the satellite itself. And I think that, uh, you know, if you're a space junkie, this is this is something that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I like it. So SpyMesat, that's S-P-Y-M-E-S-A-T dot com if you like some more information. Pretty cool. Awesome. So you uh, you had Retelligence in uh, our second story. is around Retelligence. You had Retelligence at the LBMA event in San Francisco. And uh, they just make some announcements, didn't they? Yeah, they announced this uh, this new platform about uh, you know called Reserve Online, basically. Uh, so, so the idea is, is I mean, Retelligence is a company that's kind of focused on the online to offline conversion, right? You know, local search. You know, you're 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 looking for stuff. Uh, you know, is the product actually available in inventory in store near you? Um, so they've been doing that for a long time. Uh, and they probably have, I think, the biggest database in the world of real-time product inventory data. Um, so that's cool in itself. So now that what they've added is this, is this new service where you find the product and you can actually put it on hold for pickup uh, in store, you know, for at a store near you. So that, I, I think that's really, really, really cool. Um, and uh, you know, I think you know people when they're looking for something, they're buying something. We, we all do our research online, right, before we actually go to the store for big purchases, TVs and, and things of that nature, right? So um, even for clothes, I think, to some extent. But, uh, you know, so this idea of a, of a reserve pickup uh, and knowing that the store actually has the product in stock is huge. And one of the things I brought up with Jeremy on the panel, which I, I think we, you know, we're in agreement in is, is you know, there, there's this, there, there's this kind of, thing that's developing right now where you have all these mobile shopping apps, these location-based things with deals and coupons. And, you know, if you use one of those things and you've been waiting for a product to go on sale and all of a sudden you get an offer on it and it says, hey, save 20% today on, on that jacket. You've been waiting for that jacket to go on sale. So all of a sudden you see this offer, you're like, you're happy, right? Because you've been waiting for that. But that can quickly turn to a negative experience if you then go to the store and find the product's not actually there. And, you know, obviously that's, that's the store's issue, but you, you, you'll have a tendency to associate that negative, uh, you know, uh, feeling back to the app that, you know, gave you the offer, right? And so I think there needs to be this closed loop thing of, you know, I search for something, there's something I'm interested in, is it actually available, uh, I go get it right now, or I can put it on hold uh, to pick it up. So I like it. Now this is this is something that uh, you know Best Buy and uh, and Future Shop here in Canada have had for quite some time, where you can buy on their website and then pick it up in store that day. Yeah. I always wonder what happens with uh, with things like uh, you know 
uh, same day delivery, when that starts to happen, does this, is this still as relevant as it, as it once was, right? Where, where you can see the inventory and I can see that still on Best Buy. And I can't believe that I'm using Best Buy and Future Shop as examples of doing things right. But they, they've had this for maybe a year now where you can order on the website mm -hmm. and then pick up in store. But I wonder what that same day delivery does to, the, to, to impact something like this, the online to yeah. offline piece. Well, I think it's huge, right? And and you know, on a slightly different tangent, I mean, Staples announced this morning. I don't know if you saw that uh, that uh, they were they're going to match Amazon pricing uh, both online and offline now in store. Uh, Staples is apparently the number two after Amazon in in e-commerce transactions. I had no idea until I read this this release this morning, and I'm like, okay, that makes sense because uh, it's an e-commerce competitive play. But the fact that they're also going to match it in store. Is huge, right? Um, and now, you, if you can add a uh, you know an inventory uh, reserve piece, I think that you know it becomes really interesting. Right. I, I mean, I'm I'm all for this kind of thing, and uh, you, you know, and this is something that who's who's again, we say this all the time, whose time has come, um, because there's that great statistic that they float around this is that most of most of the consumers buy in the store, like the majority, the vast, no matter what we talk about and how we spend. The majority of the consumers buy in store, and uh, but the web has a huge influence on how uh, on the transactions and where you do it, and and to capture somebody who is thinking of buying but wants the tactile experience of buying in store is very important because it influences what do they say like up to two trillion dollars worth of offline spend yeah. the web does so yeah, capture them when they're hot. All right, our third story here is Steve. You know, this is what we've often talked about around quick serve restaurants, leveraging location and Pandora, Jack in the Box, getting into this. Yeah, so Pandora's been in the game for a while of, you know, doing loca location-based ad targeting. But, you know, it's interesting to see a brand like Jack in the Box jump on this. And and what I liked about this is, you know, a lot of, a lot of restaurants are, you know, QSRs in particular, are, are using location. But they're doing it in a geofencing model. Primarily, it's you know, hey, we'll geofence our stores when somebody comes nearby. You know, we'll pop an ad to them. That's not what Jack and Box and Pandora are doing, however. This is more. This is targeted by time of day in particular. So they're actually focused on promoting a, a new line of burgers that they have on their late night menu. So these ads are only served after 9 p.m. in Pandora. It's a branded radio station in Pandora. It's a jack-in-the-box radio station uh, that, where this stuff is, is happening. So it's, it's, an, uh, it's an ad for the burgers that pop into, into this radio station. And what I like about it is, is the location piece is interesting because they, the map or the directions actually comes right into the ad itself. Like it's not a standalone thing. It can be. You can you can push it out to Google Maps uh, if you want, but they pull this right into the ad, which is really interesting. So you pop in your zip code, it knows your location based on that, and then it it pulls it right in, uh, you know, from that perspective. So it's kind of cool how they're actually delivering this in in a branded radio station and and a map inside of the ad. Yeah, this is that is pretty cool. I I don't get this whole it, it, like Jack in the Box radio station. I I mean, who 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 in their right mind would tune into the Jack in the Box radio station? You know? I, I don't know, but apparently, it, you know, it, it's it's working for them. I I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, I, I think branded radio is interesting, or let's call it uh, sponsored you know, radio, right? Like sponsored this is radio ads. or branded placelists. I mean, this yeah. is no different in some respects than Coca Cola's placelist that we yeah. talked about before, right? Yeah. Uh, which I think is interesting, right? To say, you know, well, here, you know, Coke has said, well, here's a playlist that we've created for Toronto. Here's a playlist for New York, and they call them placeless. And so, in in the similar fashion, I think this is a Jack in Box branded play, uh, with you know, ho uh, assuming they understand their demographic and who goes to Jack in the Box, and and they're picking music based on some of that data yeah. would be my assumption. Uh, it doesn't say that in in, in this announcement, but you ha you got to think so. And is it only that is that Jack in the Box radio station only available after nine? Because that's when this deal is, right? So these ads yes. po start popping up only after nine p.m. Because that's when the special begins. And uh, who yeah. I don't know who can. It's obviously a young demographic because I don't know who can eat that new burger after nine p.m. If you're our age, right? Goes yeah. right to the hips. Goes exactly. right to the hips. You know exactly. Well, so. I, yeah, this is. Um, I like the context. So, so context like location doesn't play into this really because what they're asking for you when in the ad is your zip code, right? So, if you're in Pandora listening to the station, it pops up with after nine. The ad happens, and if you're interested in it, you click on it and you put in your zip code, and then it tells you the closest Jack in the Box. So it's not location at all, although it tells you 
it integrates location into it through, as you said, bringing the map in. But this is really about just time sensitive, right? Yep. So that's uh, that's pretty interesting. You don't have to be in Times Square to get this ad. You just have to be listening after 9 p.m. Done. Awesome. Cool. There you go. Jack in the box. Jack in the box. Um, those are the first three stories. We're going to jump into uh, this a little uh, a, a section of an interview that I did with uh, Dave Rush, who is the director of marketing at the Atlantic City Convention and Visitors Authority. And this is we're just going to be talking about how they've leveraged location marketing to actually focus and uh, target uh, visitors into Atlantic City. This is a fascinating interview. Uh, it'll be up in a number of weeks on Untether.tv. You're getting a sneak peek right now at an episode that won't be live for probably another three weeks. But uh, this is Dave Resch talking about how Atlantic City leverages location-based marketing to drive visitor interaction with their local retailers, restaurants, and events. Take it away, Dave. Do you use mobile to attract the local residents um, or, or just outside of Atlantic City to come in? Do, is, is that how you, you, you get them in the, in the door, so to speak? Yeah, mobile, we took a, a, a different approach this, the last couple of months for mobile. After you know, we saw the arrival status start uh, formulating and we saw these big contrasts of visitation um, after time of exposure, you know, uh, impressions to arrival and all that stuff, yeah. I, I took a different approach and I had gone to Korean arrivals and said, okay, listen, we are now monitoring their arrivals to the destination. You know, we're, we're seeing when they're coming, we're seeing their, their funnel to get here. How can we take advantage of that? You know, yep. so we're throwing banner ads out there and every, you know, everyone's in a different network and everyone's just, it's tough. you know, retargeting campaigns yep. and, and the, the network and it's off keyword searches and it's all this and all that. But I said, let's take advantage of this captivated audience that's already here. You know, is there a way to serve these guys in market banners? And one approach we did is we hooked up with Arrivalist again and we served in market banners to people who we knew were here. And we did a great beta test with six or eight of our local attractions that offered coupons on the website. And, you know, for example, we did uh, the Epsecan Lighthouse, which sounds like it's in a different town, but it's actually in the city. Um, it's one of the largest lighthouses on the East Coast. East, East Coast, huge, huge attraction for the city, right? So we had, um, they had 49 coupon visits to their coupon page on the mobile site. And that was last year. This year, they've had over 2,300. So as this person's walking down the boardwalk, and it's all geolocated, so as soon as somebody's walking down the boardwalk and they go on weather.com, they're going to get served a banner that could say, uh, Epsecan Lighthouse, $4 off admission. You know, Epsecan, uh, admission to Lucy the Elephant, a dollar off admission. And they went from 49 coupon visits in 2012 to 2,300 this year. It's incredible. So we hooked up with them and we did that and it turned out great. And then we hooked up with Xtify, uh, yeah. which does just ads on our mobile site. So we know Josh over at Xtify. They just got bought by. They yeah. just got bought. Congratulations to them. I know. You know. I haven't sent them an email yet, but I was like, now, you know, they're going to be living the dream. <laughs> now they're going to be expensive. <laughs> yeah, now they're going to be expensive. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> so we did, a case, you know, we did a case study with them, too. We were working on a case study. And we saw, you know, this, you know, what was an idea of an opportunity with creating a rivalist, and we turned it into, yeah, let's try it, you know? Like, let's take it. And we saw a 10-time lift in CTR rate on our in-market ads. Come on. So they're here. Let's just give them things to do. And what's the best way to do that? Everybody wants something that's discounted. So let's do something discounted and see what we can do. And, uh, you know, hard for our attractions to keep track of that stuff because they're not, you know, they're not on sophisticated uh, systems. But, you know, they saw increases. Uh, you know, Lucy the Elephant, I think, you know, and this, you know, don't hold me to this, but they had 20, 20 Dave, more Dave, coupon I, redemptions I am, re I, am recording, I am recording this, so I'm going to hold you to it, right? Okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. We're filming so, this. Twenty yeah. more visits, you know. Yeah. Twenty more coupon redemptions in a month. So, and uh, you know, so they saw it. I, I, I mean, it just seems okay. So you're using Arrivalist. You're you're using Xtify. Uh, you are a sophisticated mobile marketer, man. Is this what all cities are like? I don't know. Well, I, I would hope so. And if they're not, I think they should really look into this stuff because. It's a it's a it's a it's a different kind of marketing. You know, they're here. How can you not be successful if someone's here walking our boardwalk? You know, how can we not? How can we not say, hey, you know, check, you know, go have lunch at, at X Y Z restaurant? How you know? How can we not give them those ideas? You know, they're on our mobile site. We know they're on our mobile site planning. 
open up those zones to, to get those in-market ads. So as they're driving down the parkway or they're driving down the expressway, you know, here's something to do, you know? And so uh, are you paying for the ads for these guys? Like, are yeah. you, are you, you're paying for this. This is, this is you guys putting ads in that are location-based ads that are, 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 are just there to drive traffic to your local merchants. Yeah, that's, that's the ACCVA's, you know, one of their number one jobs is for us is to market Atlantic City. Yeah. You know? And uh, we've opened up the advertising opportunity for our partners to, and we're, partner, we're partner based, so people pay a fee to be part of our organization. They right. can advertise with us and stuff like that. So we've actually um, put this onto our media sheet for next year for our partners to buy impressions with us. And if they don't, you know, we've already agreed with Arrivalist to buy a large amount of impressions for next year to, you know, just to drive visitation and, and here's some great things to do. And if, you know, the, the partners are seeing it, if somebody wants to buy on and say, hey, listen, I'd love to offer, you know, this offer on your banner ads for three months. You know, a lot of them don't have big budgets. A lot of them are, you know, just non-for-profit businesses that are large attractions. So, you know, we help them out as much as we can. How do they... How I mean, what was their reaction to this? So, so I gotta, I gotta assume, like, Dave, you walk in, you say, "Listen, this is what we're gonna do: location-based yeah. marketing, geofencing, coupons. We're gonna do this all through this little thing called a smartphone, and, and we're gonna drive traffic and, and you know, footfall, and we're gonna drive revenue, and we're gonna help you." And what was their reaction from a, from a merchant restaurant, a, you know, destination uh, perspective? They were really excited. They were okay. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were stoked. I said, you know, I called each one of them, and I said. You know, here's what we do. You have you're nice enough to put a coupon on the website, right? So people can get them through the mobile site. They can, what I want to do is I want to do a test with your okay, and I'm gonna advertise these with mobile banners. And all I want you to do is roughly keep track of how they're working. Okay. And they were like, absolutely awesome. You know, the not for the not for profits were so excited. You know, anything we can do to help them out. I mean, I, I talk to those guys often. They're great. To work with all our partners are great to work with everybody's so flexible with us you know they give us they give us stuff to give away they give us stuff to to help promote so they you know they were just really excited to anything to help get feet in their doors and that is dave resch the director of marketing for the atlantic city convention and visitors authority look for the whole episode which is incredible great great insight about how a city like atlantic city markets themselves not only locally but nationally and internationally and the way that they've split up their market mix it is unbelievably interesting and this guy dave like he's a poster child he's a poster boy for how cities should be marketing he's using uh he's using i mean he was using extify right like yeah like he gets it anyways um you know and and a rivalist and i think that guys like him destined for greatness when it comes to marketing Wow. Anyways, there so you that's go. Dave Rush. Thanks, guys. Yeah. All right, let's jump back into this. Uh, our fourth story, uh, Net Clearance. They launch a multi-mode indoor location beacon. Huh? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> well, basically, I mean, I mean, we've been talking about indoor location forever, right, on the show now, and, and I just came back from the conference, as I said at the beginning. So... I think the, the the important thing to point out here around this thing, and, and this is a really fast story, is to say this is the first time I've seen a beacon uh, that is multi-mode, which means it's not just BLE or just Wi-Fi, it's both in the same device. Um, which is interesting. It's 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 you know about ubiquity and and you know uh, supporting as many platforms and coverage as possible. The problem I have with this, uh, if there is one, is, is that um, ultimately, I think the hardware side of this business is just becomes a commodity business, yes. right? So yeah. you need to be a software company uh, around this. You know, when you talk to companies like Estimote and such, like, I mean, that's what they're focused on is the software. It's not everybody. I think knows that this hardware business is 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 just commodity at the end of the day. And, yep. and so it's cool that right now, you know, we have multi-mode beacons. Nice. Good for some retailers that you know can't decide whether they're going BLE or Wi-Fi. So let's just do both. I like it. If the price point's good, I think that these guys can make some money. Uh, but ultimately, they better figure out the software side. Yes, they better figure it out. Maybe maybe this this multi-mode uh, for BLE and Wi-Fi is because BLE is embraced certainly with the iBeacon technology and the iPhone, and it's not available 
on every platform for Android. Um, but um, you know what they say, you're right. They say it can work with or without a mobile app, which, you know, I, I still think that you're right, that, that software layer is the most important thing, but mm -hmm. it combines indoor location-based services with uh, with offline analytics and uh, uses a single web-based platform to find that, uh, to get all that information. So you're right, hardware, I've never, I've, you know, hardware is like, I, I don't, it's not like I don't like hardware, but it's, it's not where the interesting stuff happens. Like the challenge is to get a piece of hardware on your wrist or a piece of hardware in front yep. of you. And then the magic happens because you have committed to that hardware or that platform. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's almost like we talk about this even with Estimote. We talk about this with iBeacon. It's like, give that stuff away. Don't charge anybody. Yep. I mean, e even, you know, um, the little uh, sensors that you got, give that stuff away because it's the software interaction that you want, right? That's where you're going to be able to create the value. The hardware is, you Absolutely. said, it's a commodity. So, yeah. So net clearance, and I have a challenge here with, I have a problem with their name. I don't know where they, like, <laughs> net clearance. What are they doing? Uh, net uh, clearance. I don't know. Nick? I have no idea, dude. Anyway, yeah, I don't want to be critical about that, but that's that's all I've got. Well, net why clearance. not? I mean, we haven't been too critical today, so you well, might as well be critical. Yeah, and that's not that bad. I mean, you know, it's a legacy name. They probably don't like it either. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So our next story, Asif, which is so freaking cool you bring these amazing stories this involves disney and some electric paper <laughs> right yeah yeah the paper generator the paper generator like this is this is actually it, developing finger powered or motion powered energy using paper ultimately yeah so it's taking friction and turning it into something i love it i i do too and this is only disney could come up with something like this so the idea is that they take this a thin, flexible sheet of Teflon, and they put it between two conductive layers of metallic-sized polyester. And, uh, they serve as electrodes, and they, uh, then there's an electrical charge uh, accumulates uh, right, right. On, like this is this is so complicated, but it accumulates right on the Teflon sheet uh, when paper when the paper is rubbed uh, against it, and then the electrodes are made to move relative to each other against the sheet. So it generates actually generates uh, an alternating current. And it lights bulbs or it animates things on a screen and it does it just through motion. And uh, and this video that's playing right now shows you exactly what it is. Like, it's so easy to put together. I mean, if you have, you know, metallicized yeah. uh, polyester and, and uh, Teflon. Um, but th this is really freaking cool. What could this be used for? Well, I mean, so when I when I saw this story this week and, and decided to pull it out, it was, you know, I, I went back in my mind to... The McDonald's Happy Table thing that we yeah. talked about before, right? So, th I, you know, for me, I think about uh, you know packaging. I think about tables. I think about you know fixtures in stores, and what we can do to kind of again, you know, it's about creating experiential stuff uh, in in a store environment, in, in a restaurant environment, in, in a wherever. So, you know, having this stuff built into the into those materials where people can interact with it and do cool things, and and you know that for me is what makes this very location based, yes. right? It's it's when you use this in an experiential way to create something that drives people to your location, to your destination. Um, and I think you know the fact that it's self powered is cool because that means that you could, in theory, you could do something like this outdoors, like where you don't have power in the middle of nowhere, like right. So 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 I think that's interesting. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm, you know, excited about this, the potential of this. The devices only produce, yeah, they basically produce a, a small current, only like a, a few hundred microamps, but uh, up to a thousand volts, which is ideal for triggering kind of like an e-ink thing, um, paper yeah. displays and those kind of things. So. Like, you know, we're getting close to this. Um, you know, on a previous show, we talked about this uh, other technology that did proximity uh, payments. Remember, we, we talked about the proximity payments yeah. without actually um, just over the airwaves, leveraging the airwaves. Yeah, remember that guy with the ambient backscatter? That's it. Ambient, yeah, good memory on yeah, you. Yeah, ambient yeah, backscatter, you right? No battery power, just using the the, uh, the yeah. electrical waves in the air to actually do a transaction. And so we're starting to see this this kind of stuff emerge. You know, there's a whole bunch of people trying to figure out how to you know build a better battery, and there's people trying to optimize batteries. But here they are trying to leverage what you've got around you in order to be able to circumvent the battery altogether. I'm not saying yeah. that this will work, but but my goodness, this is this is pretty cool. It's a trend that is coming. We're starting to see a trend here, folks. We are ambient battery, battery free world. Oh, batteries not included and not needed. 
Ooh, it would save me thousands of dollars a year. I mean, think of what, yeah, I mean, I know this is Disney, but think what Fisher Price could do with this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is pretty cool. Well, they're talking about using this for interactive books, posters, yeah. printed materials. Uh, you know, these are the things like that, um, like I like the whole do it yourself and the, uh, you know, the maker, uh, the maker movement. Uh, you know, you can certainly, yeah. this, this is, this is pretty neat. And Disney, Disney. Yeah. But, Wow. What if you could 3D print this stuff and then just power something that you made? Like well, that cool. You know what? I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's on the way. Uh, you yeah. know, in the video that would have been playing while we were talking about this, there was a little scene where they printed some stuff out and they showed you two connectors and then mm -hmm. you, you know, you rub the two connectors. Anyways, it's it's pretty Love fascinating. It. This is this is really really cool. This is the kind of technology that gets me excited. Yeah. All right, our last story, man, number six. Asif, why don't you take this one? This, I uh, am fascinated. I was watching the video here. I'll play it very quickly, and then we'll come back and talk about it, but it made me hungry. So we're talking about a company called Fuda, and they consider themselves, what, a virtual cafeteria for the office. So take a look at this video. We'll be right back. You run a company and want it to be successful. That means going beyond the usual corporate incentives for your employees. Improving the workplace with new and interesting benefits can be the difference when trying to maintain a happy workforce. How do you do it without adding extra cost to the budget? Meet FUDA. FUDA is the way to foster a productive staff while supporting local restaurants all at the same time. FUDA brings a different restaurant right to your office every day. Not delivery, but an actual restaurant. At FUDA, we created a network of restaurants by first testing them out ourselves. We make sure to bring new tastes from outside your own neighborhood. Once chosen, the restaurants will pop up right in your office, lobby, or large meeting room. They serve up fresh food right before your very eyes. Then, your staff can pop in, order food, and pay for their own meal in the most convenient way to them, just like an actual restaurant. And tomorrow, a totally different restaurant pops up in the same spot. FUDA is already popping up in offices everywhere. The best part is that FUDA does most of the heavy lifting. We get your office connected by email. Send daily updates of the food schedule to those who opt in. Oh, and keep your workers involved with FUDA fights, where the group can vote on future restaurants. Voila, no more hunger with no extra work for you. If your office is the type of place that likes to offer unique employee benefits, values productive workers, and enjoys great food at little or no cost to the company, then you're going to like FUDA. Visit FUDA.com to get your company well-fed and working hard So that's today. that's FUDA. What do you think about this, Asif? I absolutely love this. I think this is a, uh, a great thing for, for the business world and for the local uh, restaurant. Uh, so this is, you know, perhaps I'm not so surprised this is coming from Chicago, you know, one of the best, you know, food places in, in all of North America. Um, you know, also home of Groupon where you can see models like this, uh, you know, sort of rubbing off on other people. So, but what I love about this is, is, is the, the business model is really, is, is interesting here yes. because there, and maybe, I mean, you saw the video, so, you know, just to kind of, you know, uh, clarify that a little bit. What they're doing is just they're going out working deals with local restaurateurs to help bring some visibility to their product by bringing their their food uh, into into an office environment, right? And so, um, you know, basically every day of the week you have a different restaurant coming in. Uh, I think the uh, yeah, I think it, the um, the frequency is you can't be in the rotation more than um, every three weeks. So it's pretty neat, like, you know, this idea of being able to, to try new stuff without you leaving your office, but at the same time get exposed to local food near you. And then if you get hooked on something, obviously, then, you know, you're, you're going to go to that place or you're going to order from them online or you're going to do something else. So I love the, the local element to this, and they're charging the, the, the restaurateur, you know, for, you know, for the privilege of bringing them in. And the, and, and the people in the offices are paying full, full price for this stuff, right? So it's, it's really cool. Yeah, if you're a startup that can't afford, you know, to feed your employees a lunch every day, at least what you can do is you can bring it in. Now, there's a whole bunch of challenges, not, not challenges, a whole bunch of things that, you know, startups talk about, which is productivity. So they validate the fact that they bring meals in so people don't leave and, they, you know, they take longer than their hour at lunch and, and uh, uh, they keep them in the office when they feed them. So why not do that here? But then the employees can pay full fare. And if you really want to do it, you can't afford the eight bucks or nine bucks for the food. You can subsidize it. You know, say take two dollars off and make it really yeah. affordable. Make it a five dollar lunch. 
I love the fact that employees have to pay. I just, you know, I, I'm old school like that, yeah, you know. Um, but I, I also like the fact that for the restaurants, the local record, the restaurants, this is hard to scale. But for those local restaurants that are looking to, uh, you know, bring in new clientele, this is a perfect opportunity to audition your food in front of a captive audience. Maybe however many people are in the, in the, in the office. But to introduce your restaurant and your food to a captive audience is, is you know, all at once like that is incredible huge opportunity i love yeah. the local and especially local, local if you, focus. especially if you're in the catering business yeah. right yeah. Uh, where you're doing business lunches and things like that i mean i mean it works obviously if you're not um you know if you're just trying to you know generate new clients for your business it, it works either way but i like it it really yeah. makes sense so i wonder if some of these restaurants walk in there with a, with, with kind of with a coupon right so that they say listen you, you we're here for this lunch, but if you come to the restaurant, you get 20% off. I think that's the best way. Yep. I wonder if they're allowed to do that at all, but uh, I would hope that they would be because that's a great way to, uh, you know, shop local, be proud uh, of the restaurants that you have in your in your environment or in your city. And I think that that's this, this uh, there's nothing wrong with this. I couldn't find anything wrong with this. I love it. I want to bring food out here in Ottawa and bring them into my living room and cook me dinner every night. I love it. Yeah. I think it's great. And, 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 and so for me, I mean, the other interesting thing about this is, is all those big companies that run run corporate cafeterias yeah. on university campuses and in big you know this this is this is this is the new business model guys check it out it um, i wonder if these like some of these small mom pa restaurants can't do the big companies but uh, you know what i think that uh you're right this is the new business model wow yeah. fuda fuda fuda.com wicked 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 awesome idea that's what we'll say wicked awesome idea love it from Chicago, and I, I gather they've just moved into New York City as well. I, I think the challenge here for them is yes. scale, right? Is it one city at a time, and uh, it's a very slow rollout because you've got to work the relationships with the restaurants, and that's the challenge that they're going to have. Absolutely. And guys, if, if the Fuda guys, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm going to be in Chicago twice in the next couple of weeks, so uh, I'd love to uh, connect with you guys in person and kind of get firsthand where, where you're going with this. So, yeah, let's let's try and set that up. Fuda. Fuda.com. F-O-O-D-A.com. Six stories nailed in the bag in record time. Plus our special guest, Dave Rush. Plus our mobile minute. Plus our app of the week. We've got our resource left. Here we go. The most effective local mobile targeting strategy is... Da, 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 da. What could it be? What could it be, Rob? I don't know. What is it? My goodness. Well, that's the resource of the week, right? So we've got the resource this. of the week comes from uh, Business Insider uh, put this thing together. And there's basically, a, it's a BI intelligence report that's out um, with click-through rate by targeting strategy is the, is the chart. It's the one chart that you need to focus on here. And it's looking at, you know, what's the most effective. And it, it, it goes down from geo-aware to geo-fence, then by city, then by zip, then by DMA, then by audience, and then by third-party place-based audience so obviously geo aware and geofencing is huge uh and everybody should be doing it that, that's the message <laughs> there's nothing more that needs to be said right yeah because because the because um, the, the engagement rate is is you know uh a third more than the, than the third place and and four times more than uh than anything else so yes you're right but it's still the click-through rates and the engagement rates are still one percent right it's still yeah. shitty yeah but i mean yeah. if you're, it's the best of the shitty Exactly. Yeah. yeah well yeah. said, Rob. Well yeah. Said. Exactly. Well, you've seen the video, I just or the picture. I just posted it up there uh, in front right now. But uh, yeah, this is the most effective local mobile mo local mobile targeting strategy is to uh, to obviously do this, uh, you know, location based and and uh, and geofenced. Obviously, we knew that. We knew we, that. We've been talking about that for what almost three years now. Yeah. Somebody else just uh, put it on a chart, though. Right. Oh, there you we go. Should, we should be putting stuff on charts. The yeah. problem is it's just two guys talking. We should be doing drawings and cartoons and stuff. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. Yeah. Remember, remember gotta, gotta get on that. Remember the uh, the infographic rage that happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to that? I don't know. The other thing is, you know, I was thinking out just aloud the other day, maybe three or four days ago, and I was like, remember the turntable rage? Like everybody was like, oh, turntable.fm, it's the best thing ever. And then it's like. Where, where yeah, I still got a, I still have an actual real term table. So, so yeah, know. exactly. I, I like I have this thing called iTunes or an iPhone, right? That yeah. plays all this I, music. I still have vinyl in, in somewhere. Yeah, well, turntable.fm. They just resurfaced with this uh, with, with a new service, and and uh, who cares? You missed your chance. Yeah. Bye bye. Gone. And and remember, aren't those the same guys that were doing? Sticky bits or something, and then they 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 moved over to turntable.fm. Right. Wasn't it them? 
So they like they pivoted from sticky bits, which was cool, yeah. to turntable.fm. Which was a so. complete uh, yeah, licensing fiasco and nightmare. And everybody was on it. It's like, this is the rage. This is a new thing. I remember all those social guys like Saka and uh, Vaynerchuk. They were all over this. And then it's like, what? No, no. Like It's like three days later. Nobody, nobody remembers you. It's kind of like the way I think of Medium, right? Um, which mm. is the Twitter founders uh, who are trying to reinvent uh, the, the uh, news industry and publishing. Like, uh, it's for the elite, and it's only the elite that are writing on it, and they haven't opened it up, and who gives a shit, right? It's the same yeah. thing I felt about Turntable. A lot of companies like that. See, I had to get a rant in there, because everything, all these stories were great, I see, so. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, man. I tried to bring you some negative stuff every week, but, you know, uh, just, this week I just couldn't pull it off. Getting a reputation. I sat with a, I sat with a group this week, and they're like, um, you know, we'd really like you to come in and, and be you. And I'm like, what does that mean, be you? Just out of curiosity, and I said, "Well, you know, look, poke holes and look for, like, be critical and and you know, be angry at us." And I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait! No, I'm a nice guy. <laughs> this is just a character I play on television, <laughs> right?" Yeah, man, right, right. So I got to start smiling more or something like that. I don't know. Oh, I'm. A it prick. works though. Yes. Let's, let's stick with it. All right. So that's it. We are done this episode, number 151. Asif, are you in the city this week, or uh, are you taking it easy? No, you're heading out to Dallas. That's right, to go and uh, watch yeah, a football Dallas, game. Yeah, uh, Dallas on Sunday, uh, there for a uh, one of our members has a conference on Monday, uh, and then I'm in Chicago Tuesday for the uh, DMA, the Direct Marketing Association, has their conference, and Gary Schwartz and I and a few others are doing a, a panel, which will be uh, fun. Wicked. I love, 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 love Gary. Yes, Impact Mobile Gary. All right. Well, uh, safe travels, my friend. We'll be back next week for episode number 152. We're inching ever so close to our third anniversary. Awesome. Cupcakes. Cupcakes, baby. Candles are going to be ready. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Wherever you are, listen, we've only got one thing that we ask you. Each and every episode, It's whether we, we do it expressly or we do it a little bit subversively, I'd love you if you can go and uh, give us a rating on whatever podcasting software you got this from. Or leave a comment for us anywhere you see this, whether that's on the LDMA.com or on Tether.tv. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, you know, put up your hand. Say hi, just like Russ Hammond did to see if in person. You can do it digitally. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about you like this. We'll keep you, uh, we'll read your comments. We'd appreciate it if you actually uh, did that for us. That's our currency. It's what pays us. It's the good karma that we get. And uh, we'd appreciate it if you did that for us, of course. Uh, we'd love you to do that. And you know what? Then come back next week because we'll do this all over again in one week's time. There you go. All right. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you next time. Asif, safe travels, man. Thanks, man. Cheers. Oh, and uh, Russ Hammond, we love you. Slam your body down and move it all around. My kids love the Spice Girls. You believe that? <laughs> My kids. They've just discovered the Spice Girls? They've just discovered the Spice Girls, yes. Interesting. And they're like, Dad, why don't you like the Spice Girls? I'm like, well, I, I don't not like them, but um, but they're awesome. Dad, I love the Spice Girls. <laughs> I love them. So now they're every, every, time, every day it's like all I hear is, <laughs> in my head is the Spice Girls. All right. <clears throat> On revient. Three, two, one.